out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. I'm your host, David Vignola. This is episode number 45, and this week is part two of the frequently asked questions that I get asked about having a career, starting a career, being successful in a career in the music industry. Last week was part one. You can go check that out where I answered some of your questions. And this week, we're going to do four more questions that I commonly get asked and give you some of my insights and hopefully it will help someone. So please like, share, subscribe, give me a five-star review if you would. It really does help and stick around till the end of the episode because I'm going to give you all a couple of free gifts as always. So now let's talk about the music industry and having a, a successful career right here on the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Well, well, welcome back everyone to another episode here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. We are up to episode number 45 and this week is part two of a two-part series on frequently asked questions that I get asked about about having a career in the music industry or starting a career in the music industry or how do I become successful in the music industry and things around those kinds of, that kind of topic. So that's what we're going to do. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go check out part one. That was last week's episode, episode number 44. We're going to continue on with episode number 45. So let's jump right into it. So first question this week, Dave, how do I know when I need to hire people for my team and expand my team, hire people for my team and expand my team. That was the kind of the question. So this person has a, a successful studio business doing some stuff and they're doing everything themselves. Um, they're a one man show and how do they know when to expand their team? Well, this is, um, this is, this is a good question. And this is something that is, it's, it's difficult to answer and it, um, and everyone's going to be a little bit different. So I could tell you personally, as I'm standing here recording this episode for you guys, and we are in, what are we in? We are in the month of July, 2021. Um, I'm at a crossroads now where I'm, I've actually, at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2021, really was the, was the pinnacle of, of where, where I was standing in the middle of that crossroad about up until 2021, I am and have been for the last five or six years, a one man show. I do everything here, everything from all the videos to all the editing, to the podcast, obviously to all the training videos, all the client work. I answer all the emails, answer all the YouTube comments, do all the social media stuff, do all the, you know, accounting and financial end of it, businessy stuff that has nothing to do with music. I do it all and have done it all. And 2021 was the year that I realized that, in order for me to continue to grow the brand and continue to scale my business and continue just to become, you know, um, more successful in this business that I was going to need to hire some people on my team. And what I mean by that is, um, I needed to find some folks that can help me with the things that I know I'm not good at to help me scale my business. One is social media marketing, I'm not the greatest social media marketer and running Facebook and YouTube ads and, and turning people on to home recording made easy. And also working with a coach or, you know, a set of coaches on how do I expand the edu the online education market? You know, I know how to make the courses. I know how to, you know, make the content. I'm really good at that. Um, but how do you market it? So a lot of my um, struggles have been with marketing 
and more specifically paid marketing to grow and get more people turned on to and aware of home recording made easy.com specifically and mix mixing made easy.net specifically. So I was on a journey at the beginning of this year to try to find those people. And it hasn't been an easy journey. Um, I'm still, you know, in the midst of it. Um, so how did I know when I needed to start hiring someone? Well, when you get to the point where you just can't keep up and you can't do it all, or have when you get to the point where you've taken it as far as you can take it based on your knowledge and skill sets. And then what the next step is, is you have to find people that are experts in the things that you are not good at or have no desire to be good at, or just simply don't have time to learn. And that's how you kind of know. And you also have to take a look at your income. You got to take a look at your finances and your business expenses. And some of this ties into what we talked about last week when one of the questions were, you know, should I move my studio into a commercial space to be successful? Can I be successful in a home studio? And one of the things I talked about when answering that question is expenses. And having a commercial space may be great for a lot of reasons, but it also costs a lot of money. And unless you're bringing in enough money to, to cover that cost, it could be a bad idea. Also, if you move to a commercial facility, you're spending a lot of money that you could be spending on other things to help you grow your business and hire the people that you need to hire that can do the things that you're not good at. Like in my example, social media marketing, you know, online course education marketing. And so we got to take a look at your income. You got to take a look at your expenses. If you're to the point now where you're making enough money to where you have some extra money after all the bills are paid, you took a salary, your taxes are paid and all that stuff. And you have extra money and you're saving up some money. You saved a little bit of a safety net, you know, in case things get bad. And now you have some extra income um, in order to grow your business. That's when you know, that's when you know. Um, I, I think at first it's always good a lot, of, a lot of times what, what, what people will do when they're first starting out is they'll hire a bunch of people and, they'll, and, and, they, and they're not really ready for it. And then what they find is that they, they can't sustain the payroll and they can't sustain hiring people because hiring people is going to be one of your biggest expenses. Usually in a business, payroll is the biggest expense. And so you don't need to do it too early. And I always feel that when you're first starting out, you should try to do everything yourself. You need to learn a little bit about every aspect of the business, everything from actually, you know, depending on what you're doing in the music industry, but from the actual music creation to working with clients, to doing website stuff, to doing accounting and doing bookkeeping, you ought to know a little about everything in your business. So when you hire people, you know what kind of people to hire, what kind of skill sets they need and whether or not they're doing a good job after you hire them. So that's kind of how you know, and I know because I'm going through that right now, and it and it's costing me more money up front to try to hire, pay people for a tempor temporary period of time to see if their efforts are actually helping my business grow, to see if I got the right fit. And sometimes you have to go through a couple of people to find the right fit, and sometimes you got to spend money to do that. It's just called the cost of doing business. Um, and as I said, I'm in the middle of that right now. I've been fortunate enough to find a really good team. Um, that's helping me with the online uh, course, you know, online course education marketing. And it's been very successful. And without their help, I wouldn't have been able to grow as much as I did just in this, the first seven months of this year, 2021. So, but, I, but in the past, I've tried to hire people like that before and I've wasted lots of money and not really got results. This time around, I got lucky and I found the right group of people and I'm getting really good results. So that's really positive and I'm learning a lot. I'm not giving everything handing thing any handing my business over to those people to run. 
I'm getting coaching and advice on how to do some of these things. And I'm still doing a lot of the legwork myself because I need to learn it well enough to be able to offload it or to delegate it to someone else. I've also just hired a Facebook marketing uh, agency to help me with Facebook ads. Some of you may be saying, yeah, I've seen your Facebook ads on my Facebook feed. Well, that's why. <laughs> and it's costing me money to do that, to hire people that are experts in understanding the Facebook algorithms and the YouTube algorithms and the Instagram stuff and making ads that are effective to turn more people on and let more people know about homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Because up until this point, all of the, all the people that have that I've, um, that I've gotten and all the, all the students that I've acquired and all of that was all done organically, meaning I'd post content on YouTube, people would see me, they'd come to Home Recording Made Easy. I realized at the end of 2020, I've kind of exhausted that. And unless I wanted to spend my whole life making YouTube videos, I really need to move into more, into some paid marketing. And so, but it's costing me money to do that. It's an expense that I didn't have in the past, but I'm also learning a lot and it's helping grow the business. So how do you know when to hire people? When you've gotten to the point where you can't possibly keep up and there are things or and or there are things that you just don't want to do where they're not good at, but that are essential, but also that you have enough money coming in to be able to afford to pay those people. And if you want good people, good people cost money. You can't get everything on the cheap, 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 cheap. A lot of time means the people aren't good at what they do. And so you have to be very careful about that. Good talent costs money. And sometimes you got to spend money to make money. And sometimes you have to take a risk in spending money to try people out. And it doesn't always work out. So you, 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 in, in, a, in a way you can say, well, you wasted a little bit of money trying a person out, spent some money, didn't get what you were expecting. Now you're on to the next person. That's all part of doing business. So sit down, look at your finances, Look at where you are spending money currently um, that you can maybe cut back on to help expand your team. I would recommend that when you do bring people on your team, bring them on in a part-time capacity or a limited contract capacity until you find um, the right people so you're not making any long-term commitments. And that's pretty common in today's world, especially in the online world. You know, you can maybe hire a person for a specific little project and see how they work out and then you can always give them more work. Okay, so that's how you know. That's how you know. That's how I knew. <laughs> and sometimes that is the only way. And it's scary, you know, and it's a risk. And sometimes you feel like you're, wow, should I be spending all this money and I could do this myself? But, you know, also, too, you got to make sure where is your time going to be the best utilized? What are you really good at? What do you what do you want to focus on? And what's going to keep you happy, motivated and exciting, excited to come to work every day? If you're doing tasks that you absolutely hate, and the thought of doing some of those tasks just make your stomach turn, then you're not really having a good time in your business and you may want to offload some of those, those, those things that you don't want to do that are absolutely necessary, but maybe you don't want to do. You know, one example of that, like maybe, you know, doing your bookkeeping and your taxes, you know, I do my own taxes. I don't mind doing them. I can do them. But a lot of you may have no clue how to do that stuff, how to do them properly, and you may just have to hire an accountant. But an accountant could cost you, say, a thousand bucks, let's just say, for someone to do your taxes or 500 bucks to do your taxes. That's 500 bucks you could have saved. But how much time is it going to take you to do your taxes? Are you going to do them properly? And sometimes it's just a cost of doing business. You got to bring the experts in when you're not the expert because you only have so many hours in the day. So, those are some of the things you need to think about before you hire people for your team. And when you're ready, if you're ready, start all doing it all yourself at first, learn what needs to be done. 
and then expand slowly, and I think you'll be okay. The next question has to deal with, um, you know, talking about doing everything yourself and, you know, knowing when to hire people is, hey, how do you deal with burnout? How do, how do you deal with, you know, being in a studio and working crazy hours and doing all these things? Don't you get burned out? And, and the music business is a creative industry, right? And sometimes create, creativity isn't always there. You, you know, you're not in the creative mood. Or for someone like myself who does, you know, training products and online education around home, you know, home recording and production and that kind of thing, you know, most times you got to be on camera, you have to be on mic, you got to be upbeat, you can't be, you know, you got to have a personality. People have to want to watch you, have have to want to listen to you. You know, this is a creative thing. So you do a lot of that stuff for a long period of time, you can get burned out where you just, God, I don't feel like doing this today. Um, and again, how do you deal with burnout? Well, some of that is, well, what are the things that you're doing that you're getting burned out from? What, what are all the things that you're doing? Can you offload some of that stuff as you hire people on your team or start to expand your team, even if it's a small part-time team? That's one way. Get some stuff off your plate. Less things that you have to do, the more you can focus on the things that you want to do and that you need to do that's essential to your business and you won't get burned out. The other thing too is, and this is the other thing in the studio world, especially I've heard for years, and this is the old wise tale about if you want to become a mixing or a recording engineer in the audio world, you have to become an intern at a studio. You got to work 14 hours a day, 20 hours a day. You get divorced three times. You're on your third or fourth marriage. That's how you become successful in the music business. And I think, what a miserable life that is. <laughs> you know, I didn't get into this business to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week, although I do work seven days a week, but I work, you know, I have a, a, a very good um, work-life balance. And um, I would recommend that you work on your work-life and your home-life balance. <clears throat> <clears throat> to me, working hard and working smart are two different things. Yes, I work seven days a week. That's true. But I don't work all day, seven days a week. Okay, I'm, I'm personally an early riser. Any of you that have, you know, communicated with me on email and stuff or people that are listening and are friends of mine, you know, I'm up at 4.30 every morning, seven days a week. It's just the way my body is because I'm just used to getting up that early from the days when I used to work in corporate America. I'm up at 4.30 in front of my computer in my office, drinking my coffee, answering emails, publishing stuff on the website, doing all my administrative stuff, all my financial stuff, anything I need to do before anyone in my house ever gets out of bed. <laughs> And I was the morning person and I like that time to myself. And so by the time Saturday morning comes around and my wife and daughter get out of bed at seven or eight o'clock in the morning, I've already been working four hours. So I'm done for the day. So I don't need to work the rest of the day unless I have a private training session, a one-on-one, -on -one. you know, I may have something, you know, in the afternoon or in the evening. So I only have to work for an hour or two, but I did work that day, but I may not work seven. I may not work all day long. So when I say I work seven days a week, that's true. I'm doing something seven days a week, but a lot of days it's minimal. And then there's other days where my days are long. And when I say my days are long, these days, my days are six hours five, six hours a day, five days a week. That's it. I don't work more than that unless I really have to. I try not to because I don't want to get burned out because there was a time when I first started my business that I was working round the clock because I was trying to build something. I was trying to get the ball rolling and you can get burned out. And I did. There were times where that's happened. But over the last couple of years, I've been able to really work on my home life, your, your private life, and your business life. And this is not just for the music industry. This is for any entrepreneur. 
I never got into the music business and never understood anybody that would go, you know, I just never understood that would, you know, work in a studio 20 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, they, they, they wanted to work on these records so badly that they lost, you know, three marriages and never saw their kids. And to me that, I don't know, I, I can't get in that mindset. And to me, I don't buy, you know, I don't buy the fact that in order to be successful, that's what you have to do. I mean, but I know a lot of successful people have done that and that was maybe the way to do it at one time, but I've never, I, I would never, would never have done that. To me, you know, as much as the music business is a lot of fun to work in, it still is work. And at the end of the day, for me personally, um, there are, you know, well, let me just say, there are two peop- types of people in this world. My father told me this many years ago. There are people who live to work and there are people that work to live. And you have to decide which one you want to be and or, you know, how much of one you want to be versus the other. And to me, as much as I want to enjoy my job, I don't live to work. I want to work to live. And to me, it's more important to spend time with my family. It's more important to do things outside of my business than in my business. And I would I would never personally work around the clock and get burned out to the point where, you know, you get divorced because you never see your family. That doesn't make any sense to me, but there are people that do that. <laughs> so the way I deal with burnout, simple. I balance my work and my private life. And I set boundaries around my business. And even though my business is a fun business and I love it, and I could work 18 hours a day, seven days a week and never be done, I don't do that. I don't need to do that now because I've built a business to the point where I'm making enough money that, you know, it's not all about money anymore. It's about also I'm looking at, I look at my business as a long-term game. Right. And I don't want to be burned out. So I take, I would rather grow at a little bit slower pace, work a little bit less physically, enjoy some of the fruits of my labor and enjoy it with my family, as opposed to just working, 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 working nonstop, because you will burn out. And in this kind of industry, burnout's a problem and burnout will, can, can stifle creativity and make you not want to do it. And then if you're a business owner, also make maybe some poor business decisions. So that's, that's how I deal with it. I just simply work less, you know, and work smart, not hard. And also bring in people onto your team if you can, that can help deal with some of the things you don't have time or want to deal with and you won't get burned out. Okay. Hope that, hope that kind of makes sense. The next question I get all the time, how much do I charge a record and mix artist projects? And this is usually from people that are just starting to take on client work. They've been doing it as a hobby for a long time and they don't know what to charge. And again, this is not, this is a very gray area. Um, when you're, when you're first starting out, you know, you may have to work for a lot less money because you're an unknown. It becomes a supply and demand thing. If you are, if, if you are um, not in demand because nobody knows who you are and you're having a hard time getting your first set of jobs or clients, then you need to probably work for less money. And in sometimes, in some cases, You may even do some free work to get your name out there, to get your resume out there, as it were. The other thing you want to do is you got to look at your competition that's around you. What are other people charging? So, for example, if you're a, you know, if you're a recording studio, a tracking studio, and you're in a home studio, well, are there other studios in your town, in your city that are nearby within, say, a 30-minute drive from you, whether it's a commercial facility or home facility? What are they charging? Find out what their rates are. How long have they been in business? And try to be competitive. Sometimes you can undercut them slightly. But I, I've said before, and I will always say, be very careful that you just don't get a reputation as being the cheap guy on the block. Because once you're the cheap guy on the block, it's hard 
once people expect that you're going to work for next to nothing, that you ever can raise your prices and be successful. You also have to decide what is your time worth to you? How much per hour? Break it down per hour. How much per hour do you want to make? And you have to balance that with, well, um, am I in a popular demand? You know, if you're in popular demand and everyone's calling you for work and you can't keep up with the calendar, then guess what? That's a clear indication of you need to raise your rates. Okay, most people undercharge and undercut themselves. They feel that if they can be the cheapest person on the block, they're going to get tons of work. And that has a lot, could have a lot of other problems with it. Number one, if you, if you don't value your time and you don't value yourself enough to charge an appropriate amount of money or a fair amount of money, then no one else is going to appreciate or value your services. So there's a thing called perceived value. And again, you know, I've gone through this with my business, with how much I charge to mix or master a song for a client, how much I charge for my courses that I, that you guys buy from me. And I so much appreciate it. When I first started, my course prices were literally half of what they are today. I've raised my prices over time as home recording made easy became more popular as I developed a more positive reputation inside of the, 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 um, the education community in the music business and how many people were buying my stuff. And I realized that I could be raising my prices and make more money because I'm getting better at putting out a better product and therefore I'm adding more value to people's lives and therefore I can charge more money for it. I still feel that I charge and always wanna make sure I charge a fair amount of money. I always wanna provide more value than what people pay for and I've always had that mentality and I still do to this day. But I also, just like I mentioned to you, I also do competitive uh, competitor research. What are other people in my industry, the online education market for audio production, mixing and mastering, what do they charge for their courses? I've done all that research and I'm still the cheapest person on the block by far. And I also give you more content than what my competitors give. But I also now feel like I'm charging a fair right where I was probably underselling myself in the first couple of years. But being a new business owner, no one knew who I was. I had to do that to get to get people to take a chance on me. And once people took a chance and saw that I can deliver really great value for a fair price, they were willing to buy it all day long. And therefore, now it's time to raise my prices. Same thing with as a mixing engineer. You know, I know people, I personally know people who will mix Pete client songs for $25 a song. That is a huge mistake, huge mistake. When you are the cheapest person like that, and if your skills are any good, if you're not charging a reasonable rate, you're only going to attract really bad clients. <clears throat> really good clients and good and good customers are people who value their your service and that will pay you a, a fair rate. Okay, so I, I would never mix a song for $25. I never did. But, you know, I've had, just got asked this recently by a student of mine, what should I charge? I said, well, you know, you're just starting out. They like your work. Okay, you worked with an artist. They have a few songs they want you to mix, let's say. And the first song, maybe you're doing it a little cheaper. Maybe you're doing the first song for, you know, 150 bucks, whatever. Let's use that as an example. And they really like your work and they were really happy and they want to do more work with you. Well, then you can work out a deal with them. Maybe at the beginning of the project, you say, hey, look, I know you're taking a chance on me. This is the first song we're going to work on together. It's a three-song project. Let's, I'll do the first one at a cheaper rate. And if you really like the work, then song two and song three, I have to raise my rate to whatever it is, right? You can work out all kinds of deals when you're new to get yourself some work. And then once you become um, a name, 
in your local area and you become in demand and now you have more people contacting you about work, more work than you can really fit onto your calendar, well, then that means you need to raise your rates. And so, again, where do you start? You start by doing the research in your local area and your competitors, depending on what you're doing. What are they charging? Undercut them a little bit. Balance that number with what do you feel like your time is worth? And kind of come up with a number. You can always change it. Don't be the cheapest person on the block by a lot. And in other words, don't undercut yourself to where your bar, your, your the basement bargain prices, but also don't overshoot the moon and be so expensive that no one's willing to hire you. You have to find that balance. And then you charge appropriately. And if you do really good work and if you over deliver and give them more value than what they paid for, they will come back regardless of price. And that's what I found. And that's always been my thing. My little tagline has always been, I'm going to give you twice as much content and twice as much value than what you paid for, and I'm going to be cheaper than my competition. And I've always stuck to that. And I probably could charge more for my services. And I have, as I said, I've, risen my I've, I've, I've raised my prices over the years, and I could probably raise them more. But I always have that balancing act to where I want to be, I want to give you guys great value at a reasonable price, but I still need to make a living, right? I'm not shy about that, right? I need to make a living. I'm not here working for free, but I'm going to give you more than what you paid for. And, I, and you can strike that balance. You just have to, you know, you have to test, test the waters a little bit. So that would be my advice to you on how to know what to charge. It's really, you just have to experiment with it, do your research, be fair. And if you do great quality work and you over deliver, you won't have any problems at all. Trust me. Okay. And then the last question for this week, I did a whole podcast episode on this. So I want you to go check it out, but I'll give you a little bit, I'll give you a couple of thoughts on it again here. And because I get this question all the time, what, do I, what are my thoughts about audio schools and do you need or should you go to audio school in order to be successful in this business? And in that podcast episode, I'll tell you that the, the overall answer is no, you don't need audio school. It really, again, depends on what you want to do, um, where, what you're looking to do. Audio school won't hurt you, but audio schools can be expensive and audio school doesn't guarantee you're going to get a job. But audio schools are also great in that you can uh, network and you can connect and develop some really great relationships. Whether you're going to go to audio school physically at a campus or whether you're just going to do all your online education, there's a difference there. But you're going to meet people that way and that could be helpful. But do you need audio school to get an engineering job as a mixing engineer? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I would tell you, you'd be better off spending four years working in the on your own doing lots of training, lots of practicing, and just mixing, 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 recording, 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 then going to a school and learning about it conceptually. And I've also had people that I've worked with that went to audio school that really don't understand. Audio school is going to teach you, teach you the basic concepts. Audio school is not going to teach you how to work with clients. Audio school is not going to teach you, you know, a lot of the insider kind of things that you learn with experience. It's going to get your, get your, get, you know, uh, wet your, wet your uh, tongue a little bit, little, you know, wet, wet your appetite, I should say, a little bit and teach you the basics. But I've worked with people that been to audio school, spent a ton of money and really don't know anything about what they're doing. We you know, and again, I know that's not necessarily the audio school's fault. That could just be the individual, but you know what I mean? You don't necessarily need audio school, but it can't hurt you. And it really depends on what you want to do. I did not go to audio school. 
I learned on the job. I Again, as I said in the last episode about we're talking about successful business and how you're successful in this industry. And it's, it's really like this in any industry, but this one in particular, you have to have three things, in my opinion, to be successful. And none of them costs any money. You have to be driven. And I mean an insanely driven. You have to be highly disciplined and you have to be highly focused. If you are those three things and you have a game plan and the game plan is going to change as you go, you don't need to go to a school or any other kind of thing to be successful in the music business, depending on what you want to do. You really don't. I didn't. And it's because I'm driven, focused, and disciplined. If you're not driven, focused, and disciplined, audio school can maybe help you keep you focused and keep you disciplined. But once you get out of school, if you don't have those three things in you, especially because we're talking about um, being a, you know, in, an independent you know, artist or, or an entrepreneur, you won't be successful if you don't have those three things or you'll have very little success. You have to be talented to be in the music industry, right? You have to be talented to be successful in any field that you go in, but you don't have to be the most talented. You just have to be the hardest working. You have to treat people fairly and you have to be disciplined and focused. And that doesn't mean you need to be the best at what you do. You just have to be good enough to where people will pay you for your services. And a lot of that has to do with those three things, discipline, focus, and drive. And if you don't have those things, audio school is not going to help you. So the answer is no, you don't need to go to audio school. But again, I'm not saying you shouldn't go and I'm not saying there's not some good things that you can learn from there. There is. And if you have the money and you want to go for the experience, I don't think it can hurt you, but it's not going to guarantee you success. Let's just say that. And I hope that makes sense to you. So that is part two of the frequently asked questions I get about the music industry. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode again. So now you stay till the end of the episode. I want to give you a couple of free gifts. And as I say every week, if you are someone that is new here to Home Recording Made Easy and you kind of stumbled upon this this podcast, welcome to our family. I want to give you a gift over at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. I want to give you a $50 free mixing course. It's right on the homepage, homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Links will be in the show notes below. Get yourself your free mixing course today. And after you take that course, if you want to take on some additional training on some of the paid courses that I have and check those out as well, I want to give you a discount. If you use the coupon code podcast30, that's podcast30, it will take 30% off any training course on the website. It's my gift to you just for checking it out and checking out the courses. And I thank you so much. And I want you to tell me how you enjoy those courses. Just send me off an email via the website. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so once again, please like, share, subscribe, five-star review. If you're watching this and listening to this on YouTube, please leave some comments below and let me know what you thought about this podcast episode. And until next week, my name's been Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com, MixingMadeEasy.net, and I will talk to you all next week. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 